0: Sheila.
1: And I'm Sarah.
0: And welcome to Season 2 of Pushing Pediatrics, an educational podcast for physical therapists created to help those studying for the Pediatric Certified Specialist Exam and anyone else interested in learning more about pediatric physical therapy.
1: Last year, our episodes were played over 10,000 times to help listeners like you crush the PCS exam, and they did.
0: This year, you can expect more content and even more review to help you feel confident on test day. Let's not waste any more time. Time to study.
1: Listener note, this podcast was created as an adjunct for those studying for the PCS exam. By no means do we guarantee that one will pass the exam solely by listening to this podcast. We encourage all those studying for the exam to put the appropriate time and effort into their studying using resources recommended by the ABPTS and the APTA. It is not allowed to discuss test content and we will not accept any questions related to test content. While we will do our best to provide the most accurate information, If you feel as though we have stated something that is incorrect, please contact us via Instagram or Facebook at Pushing Pediatrics or send us an email at PushingPediatrics at gmail.com.
0: Welcome back. Today, we are sitting down with Helen and Jessica, the masterminds behind the Rehab Knowledge Pediatric Content, PCS Advantage. We spent some time with them last year, and we were excited that they wanted to come back and talk with us. Sarah and I both felt that their study guides and practice tests were incredibly useful in our personal preparation, and we received a lot of feedback from last year's testers that they also really liked the content. I also want to shout this information to the rooftop because I'm still surprised when I see in different pediatric Facebook groups that some people didn't know that the PCS advantage existed during their prep, and I just feel like it was such a missed opportunity for them. So here is me shouting.
1: We know we met you last year in a few episodes, but we have a whole new group of new test takers. So why don't you start with quickly introducing yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you do now, where you work and any new projects or life events you have going on.
2: All right, so hi, I'm Jessica. I've been a pediatric physical therapist for over 10 years and received my PCS about seven years ago. I've worked in many different areas of pediatrics, including outpatient developmental, schools, research, specialty clinics, and now in a gait and motion analysis lab in Columbus, Ohio. Hi, I'm
3: Helen. I have been a pediatric PT for almost 30 years and I took the PCS exam in 1999. Since that time, I have been involved in clinical practice, education, and research. I also developed and then directed a pediatric PT residency program for 10 years. My passions are cerebral palsy, knowledge translation, and clinical outcome measurement tools in pediatric practice. Currently, I am living in Miami, Florida.
1: Helen and Jessica, why don't you quick recap what content you offer for
2: PCS exam takers? The intent of PCS Advantage is to provide the participants with organized content to guide their study approach. We have three practice exams with a little over 350 questions and one of those exams is a case-based exam. The goal of the exams is to help participants identify gaps in their knowledge and to direct them to what information they might need to brush up a little bit more on. We also have 22 study guides that cover a variety of topics such as autism spectrum disorder, infant development, outcome measures, professionalism and ethics, and the pediatric athlete. We try to organize information in the study guides so that important information can be found. Some study guides can be more intimidating than others, like the lab value study guide. We get feedback on that one every year. Um, however, the, goal, the ultimate goal of these beefier study guides is to provide a base of knowledge to the participants so that they can identify general themes. Not everything can or even should or needs to be memorized. So the overall themes are what we're going for with some of the bigger study guides. Um, the study guides and exams are the biggest part of the content but we also offer a list of suggested readings and access to the Rehab Knowledge Advantage discussion forum. The forum is a great place to ask us questions and we try our best to respond within one to two days. The content and PCS Advantage can qualify for continuing education and participants can contact us to get the information they need to apply to their state boards to receive up to 29.25 CEUs. I definitely, I
0: talked about this in one of our um, PCS committee meetings, but I definitely think that the recommended reading list It's very valuable. I think it was really nice to have some organized content to help people figure out what types of research articles, because there's literally probably 300 research articles out there. You're not going to read them all. So I think having a little bit of a guide to some of those just really key research articles that are out there um, just, again, helps you manage your resources a little bit better. I know you guys mentioned this last year, but I really want to highlight that you guys really use the DSP, which is that description of specialty practice to organize and develop your content. I think some people forget, or maybe they don't really know about the DSP and the value that it provides to the test takers. It really can help you organize and manage your time and content.
3: So yes, we made sure to use the DSP when we were creating our exam so they would closely resemble the PCS exam itself. The DSP helped inform the distribution of questions across all the different domains of specialty content. Our plan was to mirror our content with the breakdown outlined by the DSP. For example, for patient-client management, the breakdown states that about 20% of questions on the exam will be about evaluation, diagnosis, and prognosis, and approximately 8% will be about outcomes. Therefore, we attempted to write about 60 questions related to evaluation, diagnosis, and prognosis, and about 24 questions about outcomes. Additionally, within each domain of the DSP, examples of topics were provided which guided question writing. Another resource we used was the description of residency practice, which provided a list of primary pediatric health conditions, the DRP helped us generate a comprehensive database of questions
1: covering the most common conditions that we see in clinical practice. We know that you update and change your content every year to be up to date. What new content is being offered
2: this year? This year for us was all about updating our materials to make sure everything reflects current practices. We updated all of the exams and made our explanations of correct answers even more detailed. We added a few more exam questions to the case-based exam and also updated our study guides.
0: We really think all of your content is amazing, but we also know that a lot of people specifically love the practice exams. How do you think that people should best use your content, including the practice exams, in their preparation for exam day?
3: Our hope is that participants use the exams to help identify any gaps in their knowledge, so then they can go back and focus their studying in these areas. Practice exams can also build stamina with test taking and prepare participants for the mental demands of the PCS exam, especially if it has been a while since you were in uh, PT school. Additionally, our study guides and suggested readings can help manage these knowledge gaps, as well as the content that you guys present in your Pushing Pediatric podcasts and
1: then any other resources that are shared. We know that you write your own
2: exam questions. What is going through your mind when you're developing a question? We try to write many different styles of exam questions using published guidelines on item writing. Some questions are very straightforward, while others may have many different components to consider before you determine what the correct answer might be. However, they are all designed to have participants reflect on clinical scenarios. We think this style is reflective of how the PCS exam is structured. You really have to reach into the many different pockets of pediatric physical therapy knowledge to answer each question. We wrote standalone questions, as well as case-based questions, which is also reflective of the PCS exam structure. We then have detailed explanations of correct answers to help expand knowledge and guide participants in filling any gaps in knowledge. You guys
0: have been helping people with this exam for a lot longer than we have. What other preparation suggestions might you have for our listeners?
3: We would suggest creating a strong detailed plan for how you will study for the exam. It is too much information to wait until the last minute to start studying. A good study plan is key to success and should start with knowledge areas that you feel the least confident about, such as practice settings or patient conditions that you have had the least exposure to so far in your PT practice. Areas of foundational science, such as motor control and learning, also seem to be knowledge areas poorly recalled from PT school days. The DSP can also serve as an outline for your study plan. Sarah and Sheila had a great system when they were studying, which they discussed in season one of Pushing Pediatrics. Their utilization of the study group was really great and seemed to help organize the content in a way that made sense. And of course, they made the best decision ever when they decided to add the PCS Advantage content into their study
0: plan. I do have to laugh a little bit when I hear you talk about the motor control. So I talk about this a lot, but the motor control and learning episode and our like research statistic episode are our most listened to episodes by like over 50% of any other episode that we have. And so it just shows that that's like an area a lot of people just don't feel very strong in. I also feel like people, tend to not study it very much. Like they don't want to study it. They don't want to think about it. Maybe they wish that there wasn't going to be those questions on the exam, especially the research stuff. And I feel like we're all here to say that it is on the exam and that you do need to study it. And so I think you guys have some really great research content and we're going to try to have some more research-based episodes as well. But those are definitely areas that from our analysis are very important for people to be looking at. So we know that you guys always pull your subscribers following the exam to kind of determine how people, if people were successful on their exam. So did you guys get those numbers from last year yet?
2: Yeah, so our overall pass rate each year has been a little over 96%, and the great news is this year was no different. So we're always excited to see these numbers and get these numbers and are really happy to see that our participants do so well in the exam.
1: That's awesome. Uh, Many people leave the exam and feel like they failed. I know I was one of those people. Oh, no, I wasn't at all. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say to them for people who feel like they
2: failed the exam? So like we've said, I think this is a very common feeling. And I felt the exact same way when I was leaving my exam. I really wanted to be excited and celebrate, but I was so afraid that I didn't pass that I really just wanted to dig a little hole and bury myself in there for a few weeks and just cry. Um, But now looking back, I wish I would have been able to push down my insecurities and realize that despite passing or failing the exam, the amount of studying I did and the amount of new information I was now armed with was amazing and it was an accomplishment within itself. So all of my exam prep uh, really made me a better therapist. And yes, the PCS title is really nice, but the fact that you will take it upon yourself to further your knowledge and reach for this new goal is also pretty amazing and it's a feat within itself that you should be very proud of.
3: Jessica has said this so well, it is common to feel anxious after a high stakes exam. So just try to congratulate yourself on a job well done in terms of your professional development.
0: Thank you guys so much for joining us again this year to talk about your content. We loved your stuff during our preparation, and we really hope everyone else finds the same value in it.
2: Thank you so much for having us again, and good luck with season two.
0: Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you,
2: guys. It's great to be back. Good luck, everybody.
1: Thank you all so much for listening to Pushing Pediatrics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Pushing Pediatrics. We would love to hear from you. So send us questions, suggestions, things you want to hear more of, and things you'd maybe want to hear less of. We will talk to you guys next time.
0: And remember, you totally got it.